Uh, Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now. I hate you. If you think we'll be insightful, clever or just when we search, we're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. It is Wednesday, March the 29th. This is Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And I'm Charlie Clawson. Well done, mate. Well done. You almost you almost forgot to say your name because you were so excited <laughs> that I got the start of the podcast right. It was like it was like we were running out, and I've I traditionally always tripped over just before we get to the banner, and like I finally not tripped over. And while you were watching me not trip over, you've just run into one of the cheer squad people. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Charlie? How do you feel after the first round of the AFL? Is it too early to say I hate football? I mean, no, I, I would have thought that after that game on the weekend, I, I imagine that's what you'd be thinking, that you hated football. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I don't feel great about football. It wasn't the kind of, it hasn't been the exciting uh, three or four days of consuming all media that I thought it would be. Been a lot, been a lot, of, a lot of soul searching, Will, a lot of soul searching, uh, a lot of going on St Kilda um, uh, forums and seeing how triggered a lot of St Kilda people are right now, very very snowflakey down at Moorabbin, you might say. A lot of very fragile people calling for the coach's head, saying we've drafted badly, the sky is falling. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty dire down there. If, if you were going to go on what the most alarmist positions are amongst Saints fans so far, what do you think? Wh- where is the kind of energy going towards? Uh, the alarmist one is that we have drafted badly, not getting Bontempelli when we got Billings and not getting McCartan when we've got... Uh, not getting uh, Pachaka when we've got McCartan. That's that's where the fear is. Even though, like you know, Billings actually had not a bad game. We just was he's just an aside that lost by you know didn't kick a goal after quarter time essentially. But um, McCartan's I think that's a call. That's an early call. <laughs> I think he's pretty brave to go up McCartan when he's played like seventeen games. You know the interesting thing about McCartan is like uh, it, it was interesting with him on the weekend because he didn't play in the end. He got pulled out, right? Hamstring but awareness. Then, well, did you know that? That's the new term. Now hang on. Yeah, but what is hamstring awareness? That feels like, you know, they're wearing like a black, you know, those black things they wear around their arms if like someone's granddad dies or whatever, or some club legend dies. It's like all the players are going out with a bit of black tape around their hamstring, just like, oh, it's hamstring awareness round. The AFL's gone too far, Charlie. Why won't they just let footballers play football? There's these constant rounds where we have to be aware of hamstrings. Stop making it political, Will. That's all I'm saying. You know, calves get strained as well. What, when's going to be calf strain day? Yeah, exactly, mate. And what about vegetarians? We can't enjoy a hamstring. What about that, mate? I thought the AFL was meant to be for everyone. This is bullshit. Yeah, what's that? What? what but didn't he play the next day then? So he played, what, were uh, they just... he played contro- controlled minutes at Sandy. So I, I think what has happened is he's felt some tightness. What? Uh-huh. No, no, controlled minutes. It's, uh, I'm glad we've got in heavy on hamstring awareness because uh, the answer to hamstring awareness is controlled minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know if that's the right term, but he played like a you know, specific amount of time in the VFL. And they just, my reading of it is that he wasn't, didn't feel like he was 100% and they didn't want to risk him. And so they said, well, let's, you know, see how he goes, limited time in the twos. And if he holds up, then, you know, he's a chance to come back next week. But I don't I know, is that a new AFL wide uh, term, a, a hamstring awareness? Because I've only heard it in reference to Nathan Freeman and Paddy McCartan. Oh, yeah, I think um, every year there's something, right? Yeah. Like, you know, this year it's hamstring awareness. Last year it was uh, syndesmosis. syndesmosis. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> oh, that's right. Remember when the rage was all osteitis pubis? Yeah, that was the original one, I reckon. You know how I, old I that one is? It's so, it's so old, it's in Latin. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they've obviously dumbed it down after nobody could say syndesmosis last year. They're just like, you know what? Hamstring awareness. We'll keep it fucking simple for these idiots. Yeah. People keep arguing about, like, oh, should there be a game on Good Friday? When is it going to be a game on Hamstring Awareness Day, Will? That's what I want to know. Well, I mean, I think, you know, Paddy McCartan probably now is the, he's the kind of figurehead for Hamstring Awareness. You know, yeah. we've always been asking when will the first AFL player come out and as a gay person, you know, when will they come out publicly? Uh, well, I, I think we should applaud uh, Paddy to be the first person who's been willing to come out and say, hey, I, I have a hamstring <laughs> and we're aware of it. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, gay players, I just wanted to mention this because we should talk about the AFLW Grand Final. Uh, it, it wasn't a great weekend for our tips, Charlie, but I'm glad that we both... <laughs> Thank God. Uh, at, least, at least we picked the Adelaide Crows yeah. to win the AFL women's game. So, so that was one of them. But, oh, gee, man, Erin Phillips, like this you know, athlete that she is. I mean, she was stunning in that grand final. And this is a woman who in 22 days or something is going back over to America to play, in, you know, in the, in the NBA over there, the yeah. women's NBA, WNBA. Uh, she's got a silver medal for Australia at the Olympics in basketball. Uh, she didn't get to do a preseason this season because she hurt herself in the lead up to a preseason. Her wife has just had twins. So she's up in the middle of the night, like looking after the twins and stuff. And she's just pretty much won every single award in the <laughs> AFL. Like, she is a superstar. Yeah, 100%. It's funny, though. I did read a story uh, where they talked about how she actually lied to her basketball team about the extent of her injury, the one that she carried, was carried into the preseason. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, mate. just going back to Australia for a holiday. Yeah, nothing, nothing to see. It's like, well, if you're going to keep a low profile, winning the uh, Brownlow of the Women's League is probably not the best way to go about it. Uh, mate, it's one of those things where she must not have told them what the game was. She must not have showed them any evidence of what the game was because there's no way if you were someone who was paying a professional basketball all that money that you would let them play Little League. You wouldn't let them play Auskick, let yeah. alone play in the actual AFLW. I mean, it's a crazy game, like physically. But she's amazing. And she was there with her wife. Yeah. Uh, so hang the, on, she the... won the MVP and the Best and Fairest. They haven't named the Best and Fairest yet, I don't think. But um, is that right? So she, she no, did a so sweep. They, on Monday, they had the AFL Players Association MVP, and she mm -hmm. won that. Um, and then last night, they had their version of the Brown, though. They haven't named it yet. They haven't come up with a name for the best and fairest. Um, there's been a lot of like Not a bad way to get it named, the Erin uh, Phillips medal, <laughs> with the season she's had. You know what I mean? Like, generally, well, they, you... don't, they, don't they give it to the first person to win it, sort of? I, I don't mind that as an idea, because there was a lot of talk around before it started that the ideal person to call it would be the Daisy Pierce medal, right? Because the last five years in the women's competition, Daisy Pierce has essentially won the brown low of that competition pretty much. And she's been regarded as the best, you know, female player that's really got them to this stage. But the problem is that Daisy Pierce is still playing. And Daisy Pierce, if she'd played an entire season, might have also been in the running for the Daisy Pierce medal. So yeah. <laughs> I think that's the problematic thing. But I think you're right, Erin, particularly if she came back next year and won it again. You can imagine 30, 40 years from now that it might be called the, you know, the Aaron Phillips. Do you, the think, they'd wait, do you think they'd wait that long to name it? Well, no, I think if they're going to name it after someone who's come before, you know, someone right, who's okay. brought, it, brought it up to this point, 
then of course I'll just name it next year or whatever. But if they want to name it after one of these women who has been in this inaugural kind but of you, AFL season, do you, do they have to wait like ten years or something, right? Do you change the name of medals though? Does it happen? Was was the, has Chas Brownlow changed over the years? That was just no, but what I'm s- the, yeah, go yeah, on. you just you just keep it. Nothing until you name it after somebody. I'm not saying you swap it. I'm not saying you call it, you know, the Sue Alberti medal for the first three years and then it becomes the Aaron Phillips medal and then it's like the Daisy Pierce medal and then it's the Darcy Vessio medal. Although I don't mind that. Maybe it <laughs> should just it. be named, maybe it should be named after the previous year's title holder. Yeah, yeah. So this year, so next year everyone's going for the Aaron Phillips medal. <laughs> But then the year after, it's like, it's like, you know, so it's kind of like, I guess, like WrestleMania or being the champion in the WWE. Like, everyone's coming for you. But there won't there be an equivalent in the Women's League of like the Shane Wo Woden medal where everyone's like, well, you could win it, but do you really want to win the Shane Wo Woden? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be sad if that year you'd be like, ah, oh, I won the Scott Wind medal. Yeah. Boom! <laughs> he was a good footballer. So you must be feeling okay. About how, okay. the, how round one went? Yeah, I, I watched that game and uh, I was doing a show in Brisbane on Friday night and I watched the first half, three quarters before I had to go and do my show. And first quarter, we looked great. Like first quarter, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, we've come back really strong. Like, I mean, Cloakie obviously kicked that goal, which was like, you know, fantastic. And he was moving well. Stringer was moving well. Everyone was kind of flying. But then Collingwood, they really smashed us in the middle, smashed us in contested possession. And you kind of forget that Collingwood has a really gun group of midfielders. Mm. Like when you look at like, you know, Pendlebury and you look at Sidebottom and, you know, guys like that, they have a lot of really, uh, Trelaw, you know, they've got a lot of really, really good midfielders and they play pretty well, I thought. I don't think anyone forgets that. I think that's the one thing everyone mentions. Like when... You talk about Collingwood, you don't think it's their midfield that's their deficiency. I mean, Scott Pendlebury is like one of the all-time greats. Like, he played in a losing side. Was it Thursday night? And, like, the game yeah. he played was like... Friday. Jesus Christ. If You know, like, I don't think anyone doubts that. That's the one thing I would say. I mean, we'll get to the Saints, but the one thing I'm nervous about is we don't have that one superstar. We have had one, but he's now 34 years old and won't be playing for a few weeks. But... We don't have that one player that's like, you know, just a Rolls Royce at the moment, like a Pendlebury. Oh, uh, I got to be honest with you, though. When Rewalt went down, like, and with that knee, it was one of those moments where I was partly devastated because I was like, oh, God, this would be a terrible way for him to finish. But there was another part of me that was like, this is your Bob Murphy moment. Oh, Charlie. yeah, right. They're going to win it for Rui. He's 71 going to get up und- there. Hashtag 71 undone. Yeah. Uh, Alan Richardson's going to hand Nick Rewalt his medal on grand final day. It's going to be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't have the, uh, lateral thinking to think that in that moment. <laughs> well, I wish you'd been sitting next to me. It'd be great if that had been Alan Richardson's plan. You know how they say every season that, like, people try and copy the, the premier. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of like more handballs. There's a lot like more people around the ball trying to run the ball really quickly. It'd be great if Richo was just like, "Hey, everybody else is going to concentrate on the quick handballs." Rui, I've got a job for you this season. I'd really like you to do your knee tragically. Round one, we reckon that's the thing that'll get us the, the grand final. But there didn't wasn't Bob Murphy? He was at round three, wasn't he? Was it round two or yeah, three? Yeah, round three. Round three versus. And you had won two on the trot. And so, yeah. like, that's the problem. Richo went too early. Like, you guys had actually built up, like, 
The bandwagon was rolling, it had been two impressive victories, you're taking on the reigning premiers, and then it happened. And that's what makes, you know, the, the, the final chapter so sweet. Like, Richo went way too early. Like, the, it, was the, it was the last quarter of a, of a game we were losing by six goals. It's like, well, it would be inspirational, but it's not the same inspirational. Well, maybe he said it at three-quarter time. <laughs> maybe that yeah. was the thing. He's like, I've tried everything else. Yeah, All right. the training we did pre-season. Turns out that this is shit. We've recruited terribly. I I've yeah. got to go. This is my last Hail Mary. Yeah. Rui, go yeah. out there and hurt your knee. <laughs> we will um, sell and, thousands of DVDs at the end of the year. Yeah, it's one of those things. Well, I mean, you guys were coming off the high, obviously. of. I mean, it's hard to back up after the high of winning the JLT. Yeah. I, I know, mean, you I, guys have just... You know, Mad Monday you celebrations too went on too long. <laughs> yeah, JLT hangover. That's what I'm calling that game. I think the Saints will be fine. It's just JLT hangover. Yeah. Um, well, uh, do, do we want to talk? What was the first game up uh, on Friday night? We, so we talked about uh, the Tigers and the Blues on the last episode. Quick summary: uh, Carlton did some okay things. Dusty's amazing. It's Richmond. Who can tell? Um, so who was on Friday night? That was the Bulldogs and Collingwood on Friday night. So oh, yep. the big, Have we talked I about that the big, enough. Is there anything else you want to well, mention big, about that game? Well, I, re- I reckon the big talking point. You know, we should mention the whole cloak. Thing you know, I mean, obviously he played pretty well. I thought you know, again, I'm not sure he's in our best 22. I think there was a few players who played um, on Friday night who probably won't be in our best team at the end of the season. But they're clearly having a look at people in different positions. The reason I wasn't too worried about Friday night was a, I think we did look a bit slow and sluggish. You know, just mm. yeah, that extra months of training. But the second thing was we were really playing a lot of players out of position. You know, we, we like, you know, Bonton Pally spent a lot of time forward. Bob Murphy played forward for a while. Oh, that was worth mentioning as well, which was how great Bob Murphy came back. Because mm. I was so worried. You know, that first time he gets the ball and he kind of moves sideways, you were just like, please, please let this be all right. We can't do it again. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, and he, I thought he was fantastic. Um, and, and that moment when Cloak, this has been the big discussion point here in uh, um, Australia this week, is the Collingwood fans booing Cloak. Mm. Uh, when he was going for that goal. And I was watching it, and it's become a big thing where like a whole bunch of people have come out and gone, that, that was inappropriate, and it was too much, and he was actually a premiership player at the Pies, and this is disgraceful. And I'm like, that, that's footy. It's pantomime. Like, he kicked a goal. It just made it better. And the look on Joffa's face, like they went to it on the coverage. It was brilliant. Like after Cloak kicked this goal from outside 50 straight through the middle, they literally replayed Joffa almost in slow motion, just going, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is great. Footy's great. I don't, I mean, if anyone had been around any Collingwood supporters while Cloak was playing for them, they were stopping just short of booing him anyway. Like, I don't know. It's not like, uh, you know, like uh, Drew Petrie, you know, when he played against North Melbourne was, you know, got quite a respectful cheer. But Drew Petrie was a beloved kind of 300-game player for them. Travis Cloak was always a whipping boy. Like, half that Collingwood uh, you know, fan base wanted to boo him while he was playing for them. Well, I, I, that's probably the thing, Charlie. That's probably why the boo was so loud. That's probably why Collingwood had such a huge crowd. They were like, we've, we've been saving up these boos for two years and we can finally let them out in a forum that's appropriate. <laughs> yeah, it's like they've been seeing a pretty girl. She's come to visit in his apartment. As soon as he closes the door, he lets out that fart he's been holding on to <laughs> for 30 minutes. Oh, God, that feels good. <laughs> Travis Cloaks, booze, the farts of the <laughs> AFL. 
Yeah, so I mean that that's pretty much all from that game. I think that we need to talk about so far. But um, uh, on to be... Melbourne yeah, okay, and the Saints. Uh, look, fuck, man, it was so disappointing. It was um, it was the manner in which we lost. Will it wasn't. It, you can always take a loss, but they just it, there was they just didn't, they seemed tired. Like I don't know if it's a training load thing or or maybe you know the the strain of winning the JLT, but they just looked sluggish. Like it was one of those things where. You know, we've, so we've always lacked for kind of speed and stuff, but been pretty good with our ball movement. But then we just couldn't hit targets. There's nothing going on. I mean, thank God for Revolt. Like, he kicked four goals. He's easily our best player. Um, but, yeah, just so many guys down. And, I mean, Melbourne looked really good too. That's the other thing is I don't think anyone's underestimated them, but they've just now got a real good – they look a bit like Geelong in 2005, I reckon. They've just got a real good mix of sort of that running – that running high forward type, you know, can switch to the midfield, good skills, really quick. Um, they'll be they'll be good this year, Melbourne. Yeah, they do look like they've stepped up properly now. Like, I mean, this was a big game for them because if mm. they come into the season with all this hype and then they'd failed again at Etihad again, if they'd failed again against St Kilda again, it could have really, mm. like, knocked them back. But they came out and did exactly what you would have hoped as a Melbourne fan they were going to do. And that, what's his name, Mills? Is Callum Mills, is that his mm. name? No, that's oh. hang on, Callum Mills. He plays for no, Sydney. What's, what's, no, he? that's the Sydney guy. What's the Melbourne guy? Oh, fuck you! I, I only know. saw highlights of Oliver? the game. Clint Oliver. One? Maybe that's his name. Toby no, Oliver no, in the no, middle. No, maybe it, no. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Um, okay. I, I was watching another game at the exact same time. So right. <laughs> uh, you went. You're watching the ghost of Mrs. Muir. Uh, how's that? How's that ghost? He's amazing. <laughs> no, well. <laughs> Um, I'm more a Mrs. Muir fan, but you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they look really good. And the the thing you really noticed is like Jack Watts not having to be to carry the load. He just looks so much happier on the ground. Like, you know, now you've got like Jesse Hogan up forward and, um, you know, uh, Max Gorn's dominating and stuff. So he's, you know, he sits comfortably outside their top five, if not top ten players, and he's the better for it. Like, you could just... You know, he, he can use his skills, he's good like judge he's got a really good football brain and stuff. Like it's I think that I think they're gonna be in good shape. I mean the other thing too is they've had a really sort of um they've had a long time well not a long time, but there was no expectation under Paul Ruse because of the nature of that contract. Like he was always going after two years. So in a way the club kind of got a pass, if you know what I mean. Now that Simon Goodwin has the keys, if they had lost it could have been disastrous, but now it's like, no, okay, like, you know, new coach in, win, it's a really good start. Yeah, it was like they were in previews for their show. Yes. No, yeah. no reviewers. No reviewers until round one, 2017. Yeah. It's actually not a bad tactic. I mean, Jesse Hogan, too, is we just had no answer. And I've got to say, like, I thought before a game we're going to get to that, oh, Jake Carlisle uh, looks really spent, but that makes sense. He's had a year off the game. I doubt any of those Essendon players will have the fitness to run a game out. <laughs> Should we roll on to the next game, Will? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I can understand that. Hogan looked good too, though. He looked yeah. fit. He looked like he was running around the field. Like you were like, if you're a Melbourne fan, that's exactly what you would have wanted to see from Hogan. Well, they're really skillful too. Those are things. St Kilda's tactic in the first quarter was to force them to bomb it long because we've got enough kind of good marks and sweepers that we can just sort of chop it off. But then they just started lowering their eyes and they were just hitting targets like, you know, 30 metres in front of them, just all the zigzagging all the way up the field. And we looked like, we looked like training cones. Like it was so, it was really disappointing. I am, um, I don't know. I, I, 
going to West Coast next week. <laughs> there we go. There's a nice tonic to bounce back. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a bit yeah. glum. Yeah, that's not the time to get West Coast. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the next game was the. Uh, oh, now this is an interesting game, right? This is. The I, I believe game. I famously declared if Port Adelaide got within ten goals, they should be proud of themselves. So. Well, they that did. Logic. <laughs> <laughs> they should be very proud of themselves. Yeah, it was, I can't um, believe. I mean, I think Koshy's been up in uh, you know far north Queensland covering uh, Cyclone Debbie, uh, and you know you've seen him on the news. You've seen him, and the thing about Koshy is he doesn't seem scared of the Cyclone, Charlie. There's a newfound confidence around Port Adelaide, and it's even been reflected in Koshy's hosting duties on Sunrise. Yeah, like, they uh, they said Cyclone Debbie could lead to power outages, but right. Koshy wasn't worried about the power, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, they were good, Port. I watched this whole game, and I reckon... Like, I mean, Sydney... Here's the thing about Sydney. Sydney will be better in four weeks. You know, yeah. again, like the premiership teams, the teams that played in, towards the end of the finals are behind on their preparation... Like, a bunch of their stars still looked really good. It didn't look like there'd be major drop-off for them. They, they definitely missed having Mitchell in the middle. Mm-hmm. And they and the fact that Heaney's not playing with glandular fever. And then yeah. so, McVeigh was out as well. So you, you're kind of missing a fair bit of run and drive and carry. If, if I was the nurse or the doctor looking after Isaac Heaney, I'd be taking, like, samples, like, you know, because with the, with the glandular fever, he's probably spitting into cups and stuff like that. Just grab some of that mucus and take it to a lab and see if you can clone. <laughs> like, just sell it to the to all the clubs around there. Do you want some of Isaac Heaney's DNA? Like, you can build yourself an amazing player. Oh, I thought you were saying that, like, you know, the tactic of Sydney would be to give everybody else glandular fever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Isaac, go Isaac. out and pash every single yeah. player. Isaac, we're going to play week. you a That's week. Er- job. We're going to f- play you a week earlier than you actually technically can. But your only job is to run up to everyone's best player and lick them. <laughs> they make him captain. So on Captain's Day during the photo, he can just go around sticking his tongue in everyone's ear. <laughs> if you could just run over to their bench, lick all the Gatorade bottles, <laughs> and then run back. Uh, yeah, uh, I forgot Port about Ad- Port Adelaide. Were good though. They were really oh, yeah. good. Like did. And I'm getting depressed again because it was talk about Sam Powell Pepper or whatever his name is, Sam Powell yep. Pepper Popper Pat to pick the pack of pickles. Um, going to St Kilda in the fa- few phantom drafts because I think we could have got him and uh, we didn't and he looks like he's awesome. So, you know, it's great. <laughs> he was awesome. My highlight though was they interviewed Paddy Ryder after the game because uh, obviously, you know, Essendon player out for a year. Played well it turned out, Charlie. And <laughs> had plenty of energy. But my favourite bit about was they interviewed him at the end of the game on live TV and it was just one of those moments where you're just like, ah, oh, this is why I love live television because he's clearly really happy and really excited to have had a win after all this time. You know, famously he was back at Port Adelaide one minute after his suspension was up last year. Clearly he's been working towards this day. And then they ask him what it's like and he just goes, oh, it's fucking great. <laughs> Sorry, excuse the language. <laughs> And I was like, yes, Patty, it is fucking great. You're right. That is absolutely correct. Did you, have you forgotten about Sam Reid? I had. Oh, yeah. Sam Reid looked good, though. See, this Real is the good. thing about Sydney. I, re- I reckon there was plenty of stuff to like about Sydney. Buddy was still moving well. Mm. Like, Sydney will be okay. I don't think they would be panicking. But the, I think the real story out of this game is, you know, Charlie Dixon looked good down front. for. Paul, I know. You know. Clearly, where the, our kiss of death works, we bag a player out and kick a bag the next week. I mean, it, like he has one of the more ridiculous beards of all time in AFL too. 
It's like just- it's something about his persona. I don't know what it is. Like he kind of looks a bit like with that beard now. You know that douchey cokehead in Die Hard. You know the one right. who. who, who <laughs> Who tries to negotiate with the terrorists and John sees him get shot in the face in the boardroom. He's got like, Hans, booby, I'm your white knight. You know what I mean? Like, it's not Charlie Dixon's fault. I've never met him. He might be a great bloke, but he looks like the coked up yuppie scum from Die Hard. Yeah, but he can mark and he can actually kick. So I think if he plays well, it, they'll, they'll be a good team. But uh, the one that they really benefited from having back in top form was Ollie Wines. Like, he's yeah. just a monster in the midfield. And if he can have a season like he had two years ago and he looks like he's going to, then I think they're going to be a much better team just because of that. Because it brings all those other guys, Robbie Gray and Boak and all those sort of guys, Wingard, it just brings them into the game because Ollie Wines just runs through packs. And yeah, um, pick a pack of pepper, cold pepper, cold, yeah. cold place, whatever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> he he looks fantastic. That, that you'd, you'd be rapt to see a first game player play as well as he did. Like, yeah, kick a goal from 60 metres out, like, off one step. I mean, jeez, jeez, it makes me so happy for Port Adelaide. Next game, <laughs> Michael, let's get this show done. I want this episode to be over. Uh, right. All right, um, Michael's so... favourite episode, favourite game. <laughs> Essendon took on the Hawks. And surprisingly, this group of Essendon players, suspended Essendon players, looked very sprightly. Yeah, this was amazing. I mean... Obviously, it was a pretty good weekend for Hawthorne players. You know, Sam Mitchell got 37 touches and Jordan Lewis got 35 or something. Yeah. Even better weekend for Carlton. Josh Kennedy kicked seven. Oh, they were Carlton players were on fire all around the league. Eddie Betts played well. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, this was this was one of those ones where you were just like, oh, wow, Essendon might be really really good. Like, I mean, I didn't have him in my eight, but. You, you got to start thinking that if they can maintain this for an entire season, if they don't get like tired halfway through the season, like mm. they looked fantastic. I mean, gee, they've got some good players. It was so good to watch, you know, guys like Dyson Heppel play again. Did you see that goal that Heppel yeah. kicked? Like, yeah, just oh, where he, wa- where he waves off BJ. Ah, oh, so like just you're like, oh yeah, the boys, the men are back. Like you know, it's yeah. this is a real team now. And then you see like you know McDonald, Tip, and Woody, who like he's almost my favourite late player in the AFL at the moment because that excitement, just the explosive speed he has in the forward line, the minute the ball goes to the ground, he it, he almost like hooks up. He's like a mini Hulk and he just has this like incredible, just sh- like short, quick power and he yeah. just goes, bah! and it's just the best. And so him and like, oh my God, I, I don't think I had ever seen Zach Merritt like, you know, play in the way that people had been. I knew he was a good player, but I didn't watch a lot of Essendon games last year. So mm. I, just didn't quite realise how good he is, not only at getting the ball, but yeah. his disposal is amazing. I mean, all those players, Will, you're right, are amazing. They're just exciting, they're daring, skillful. And then, you know, look at Hawthorne and you have uh, Tyrone Vickery. <laughs> I mean, wasn't that great to see Tyrone Vickery doing exactly what he used to do at Richmond, just in the brown and gold? <laughs> like, he sort of just like floats around and... You know, you think he's going to do something, but no, he doesn't. Like, it's nice to see that Hawthorne have just adopted it. They just wanted, maybe it's like, you know, um, you know, vaccination. You sort of in, you get yourself a little bit sick, and that way you can ward off whatever disease is coming. So Hawthorne have given themselves this little injection of Richmond. It's just it's like, oh, we'll just, we'll just deal with it, and we'll get used to it, and then we can move on. or make us immune to being Richmondy. No, I think it's going to be the opposite, actually, Charlie. I think it's like this round is perfectly set up for Richmond because what, what happened was they had a great win, 
and Ty Vickery played terribly, which is the two things as <laughs> Richmond fans you would have wanted out of the first round. So that's just setting it up perfectly, right? Yeah. Until Richmond... Ty Vickery kicks you know, it back. Yeah, he, the, the round they lose to someone they shouldn't, Ty Vickery will kick 12. That's what, that's yeah. what I predict. <laughs> no, that's right. If Hawthorne don't win another game until they play Richmond and Richmond win all their games, you know they're going to lose that game. <laughs> Tyrone Vickery is going to kick 12 goals. I mean, this might be the floor in Clarko's recruiting because he's had an amazing success at taking players from other clubs and then making them even better than they were at those clubs. Um, Tom Mitchell came in, you know, left off where he, like, picked up where he left off at Sydney. Br- brilliant game by him. Couldn't stop getting the ball. I think you'd be happy enough with Jaeger O'Meara's game for a first game back. He showed enough and he'll only get better, but I think you'd be happy with that. And Vickery was Vickery. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he really was. Like, there are some players, I guess, who, you know, get to like 100, 150 games. It's like, well done. But what did you do? <laughs> Stumbling my way to greatness, the Tyrone yeah, like, Vickery story. I mean, how would you sort of define, you know, like if you had to describe him as a player to someone, like what, tall, forward, resting ruckman? Like, what are his attributes, Will? You're going on about attributes before. What are Ty Vickery's attributes? I mean, he's tall. Yep. Has got that weird hair. And, and he's kind of athletic. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, and he didn't. He occasionally does dumb things, doesn't he? Like, doesn't he punch someone right in front of an umpire once? Or did he punch an umpire? Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> and remember last year in the preseason, he took an imaginary mark. Oh, he just flew yeah. for a mark that to a ball that just wasn't there. <laughs> in his defence, he had been like concussed, I believe. I don't want to be making fun know. of someone. I think he was concussed when he was born. That might be the problem. They might have dropped the baby on the floor, and since then, it's just been, he's been in a permanent state of concussion. We've mentioned this before, but like I've seen interviews with Tyrone Vickery and he seems like such a likable guy. Part of me is like, dude, everything else in your life seems to be going really well. You know, you seem to do a lot of community work, got a good job, seem like you're in a good relationship. Why would you invite this kind of like, uh, two dickheads who don't even know you uh, saying this kind of shit? Why would you invite that into your life? Well, maybe he's so happy in the rest of his life, he needs something in his life that he isn't good at. Maybe he's one of those people who's perfect at everything else and he's like, you know what? I've got to take up some sport I'm no good at just to bring me back to, to, to the ground. That's a long title for his autobiography. You know what? I'm so good. I've got a big of a sport that I'm actually no good at. And refuse to get any better at any stage. Uh, are you worried about the Hawks at all? Uh, well, you know, when we were picking our, our eights and I kind of tossed up between whether I thought Hawthorne or Geelong would make the eight. And I ended up going with Hawthorne and said Geelong wouldn't make the eight. Look, after round one, and the thing you've got to remember, Charlie, is it's just round one. Round one form can be very misleading. You shouldn't make a whole bunch of rash predictions just based on round one. I mean, the Bulldogs won round one by 70 points last year and were the premiers. But, you know, let's... (laughs) Do you know the Bulldogs and the Swans were one and two on the ladder after round one last year? And you know he's right. one, and you know he's one and two now. No, Adelaide he's one and, and two. Yeah, you could see at this stage if you had to after round one just go could Adelaide and Geelong play in the grand final? Yeah, you could make an argument for that being the case. Adelaide, a hundred percent. We'll get to that game. Um, let's yep. move up to the Q clash now. I mean, this is the one, Charlie. We've said it before. We will continue to say it again. When it comes to the Q clash, all bets are off. Yeah. That's the excitement of the Q Clash. People just don't know. Yeah. It's a mystery, the Q Clash. 
Yeah, all bets are off and also the all beer taps are off because there's no one there <laughs> to drink it. So they didn't want to waste money leaving those stalls open. Uh, I mean, they had more people at the AFL Women's Grand Final than they managed to get for the men's game at the exact same stadium later that night. And this That's is despite like- the fact that the... Despite the fact that the AFL broke its record, over 400,000 people went to the AFL in the opening weekend and they managed to get, what, 13,000, 14,000 at Metricon for the Q Clash. Yeah, that's the equivalent of, you know, when the Star Wars prequels were uh, they were releasing the trailer for The Phantom Menace and apparently people were going to see this crappy Bruce Willis movie just to see the trailer and then they would walk out. That's what's going on there. People are like, I want to see that awesome thing, even if it's just like a shorter version of, and I'm going to walk out before this rubbish starts. Yeah, they, might, they should have played the women's grand final in between the two halves of the men's. They should have played the first half, <laughs> then played the entire women's grand final just so they could have doubled the crowd. <laughs> then second half. I mean, it was an interesting game. I don't know if you saw much of it, but um, Brisbane um, looked really, really fantastic early on, and then Gold Coast really nearly charged them down towards the end. Yeah, I only saw the first quarter, so I was expecting to see Brisbane won by 100 points. But it, we, it comes back to what you say about Gold Coast. It's like, they're just so whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you'd almost prefer that they had actually lost, because they came back and only lost by two points. Like, well, I don't know, like... Were they just not trying right. for that first fucking half or, or what's going on? But you just can't get a beat on them at all. And, um, you know, if I have no, apart from Tony Cockring, um, I have no interest in that club. Like I also, and it's nothing against Rodney Eade. I just reckon they've got to sex it up a bit. It's like you got, you got the bloody crusty old Dean in charge of the fraternity. You know, they need, you know, Fonzie, not, not bloody Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> Sorry, I ran out of. 80s references. Who do you think would be a good Gold Coast coach? Like, who do you think is the right person for that job? Because they went originally with McKenna, you know, a, a, a kind of younger guy, meant to have more connection with the players, first-time coach, and, you know, maybe that didn't work out, although in retrospect, you know, maybe they were a bit harsh on him. Um, who, who do you think, like, you know, if, say, Rocket isn't there at the end of the season, who do you think would be a good Gold Coast coach? Kappa! <laughs> I mean, come on, Mate, Will. Could he no combine one his duties as a mayor of the Gold Coast with also coaching the team? No one knows the Gold Coast better than the Wiz. That's all I'm saying to you. He'd be a, he'd be a great coach, Will. Hey, hey guys, you gotta, you got to come from behind like I did in me porno. <laughs> Kappa! <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys. I'll let, let you know just a little bit of a treat in the car park. I've got some of the, the Mena Mates. The Mena Mates. Yeah, go Wiz. Yeah. Hey, guys. I reckon your shorts aren't tight enough. Kappa! Gold Coast. <laughs> Uh, um, I don't know. Look, I'm not. A, I don't. Who, who's who's the most promising uh, like assistants out there? Who hasn't got a job yet? Well, do you go I'll with say the Steve, first I'll time say coach? Lenny, Lenny Hayes. Send Lenny Hayes up there. Isn't he like assistant coach at under Leon Cameron or something? Yeah, Lenny Hayes would probably be good. They need a bit of Lenny, don't they? They need someone who could go up there and just go, guys. This is how it's got to be. I just think, yeah, I think they. Need, well, you know what they need is that they need a Bevo type because right. they need a. They need someone who's kind of young enough that the, the because they're still so such a young side. They need someone young enough that kind of all the young dudes feel comfortable talking to, but still has enough kind of like authority to to talk to Gary Ablett and stuff. Well, it's got to be one of two things. I don't even know why we're like you're guessing because it's got to be one of two things, right? It's either got to be one of Alistair Clarkson's assistants. Yeah. So we look at whoever's his assistant because that's normally how it goes. Or if you want to go the step further, you got to look at one of Bevo's assistants. You, you yeah. might go to that. You go, we've got to get inside that system. So, you know, what about uh, 
Daniel Gian-Syracusa. Yeah, yeah, him, that guy. It's easier. It's harder to say than Kappa, but... Right, but I, I think that, yeah, Gia's got that, like, you know, he's got that nice olive yeah. skin. You know, yeah, he'd go, look good on the Gold Coast. He would. Yeah, I, like, I think he'd look good in red and gold. Yeah. All right, new coach. <laughs> Sorry, Rocket, you're out of a job. Uh, All right, we should keep going. Game, but yeah, we've got, well, we got like 10 minutes, right? Yeah, 10 minutes. Um, yeah, this was brutal. West Coast versus North Melbourne. I watched the first kind of three quarters of this, and West Coast looked amazing. They just looked great, West Coast. They they looked ready to go. Kennedy was on fire. Like Sam Mitchell just... You know, all those things that you worry about with West Coast, you know, that they can't travel or they're flaky or that for whatever reason you just don't feel like they can win it. You put Sam Mitchell in there and then suddenly you go, ah, oh, yeah, that was your missing link, wasn't it? You just needed yeah. someone like Sam Mitchell who knows exactly what he's doing and can tell all you idiots what to do. And I think they're <laughs> going to be very, very hard to beat. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 I don't know if it was brutal. I mean, I sort of felt like it was expected. I didn't... North Melbourne, they're just that good old reliable A.H. Holden, aren't they? You know, they just sort of chuck along and they can really... Um, you know, got a, I guess Goldstein's a bit of a superstar, but, you know, they also seem to lack a bit of that silk and... West Coast, yeah, you're right. They're kind of in the Adelaide category, aren't they? The only question mark is really about them in Melbourne. But that's not, that's not like they have a shortage of stars. No, nah, they, they look really, really, really good at the moment, I'm going to say. Uh, and I'm almost, I'm already You know what? I don't, even wanted, I don't even want to contemplate how, they, how good they are because of who we're playing next week. But yeah, you're right. They're fucking awesome. Great. Move on. Yeah. All <laughs> I'm going to say is let's get them back on the drugs. It might be the time... <laughs> to get the West Coast Eagles back on the drugs because otherwise I think there's going to be a lot of trouble for the rest of the competition this season. Adelaide uh, downed GWS. A very disappointing GWS, you'd have to say, Will. Yeah. Now, this was, I mean, well, this was one of those games where you just couldn't quite tell. Um, did GWS just rock up thinking it was all going to happen? And if that is the case, like if they go into this season just thinking everyone's told us we're going to win the premiership, if we just keep playing, we'll just win the premiership. I think that's their best chance not to win the premiership. And I hope that is the case. I hope that they're going to be overly cocky and they're going to fuck up. That's kind of my hope for GWS for this season. But Adelaide, could, man, they just It could be a bit of that or it could amazing, be their opposition rising to the challenge. Like no one is going into a game against GWS thinking they can just, you know... Wing it. All right, uh, we had a bit of a, a, a drop out there. Will's in a hotel room with unreliable internet, but um, yeah, Adelaide looked amazing. They were they were they were pretty impressive, right? I mean, nothing new, yeah. but jeez, jeez, like Eddie Betts just marking down for four goals a game, right? Three to four goals. He's just going to get them. Uh, and the other thing is, like, they were missing Tex Walker and Rory Sloan, right? Yeah. So. They're only going to get better. Yeah, they're going to be a really, really good team, Adelaide. I mean, I don't think anyone didn't think they were going to be, but they're going to be a really, really good team this season. Uh, the final game of the round uh, was Geelong over Fremantle. Now, I don't know if Fremantle are any good, um, and I don't think they're going to be great, but Geelong played well enough that it made me a little bit worried about my prediction that they wouldn't make the eight. Um, Tom Hawkins looks fitter than he has in years. Um, and obviously, you know, Selwood and Dangerfield and those guys are just such good players. 
Dangerwood, yeah. I mean, it felt like Paddy spent a bit more time up forward, which is just like, oh, man. Like, it's like this year, Dustin Martin and Paddy Dangerfield are going to spend more time up forward, and that's just going to suck for the rest of us. Well, I mean, and and also, you know, Gary Ablett Jr. is going to play more time up forward. Bontempelli, it looks like, it's going to. I think you're going to find those damaging gun midfielders are going to try to hurt you on the scoreboard. And, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to man up on those people. But I think it's great for the competition. Hey, um, I have to go really quickly. This is a short episode today because uh, we just wanted to squeeze one in. Uh, but I'm starting at the Melbourne Comedy Festival tonight. So um, I have to go and do a sound check. Uh, te- technically in five minutes, but let's just race, race through our predictions for... <laughs> For this round, hey? <laughs> you did say race through, right, didn't you? Yeah, I said race. Let's, yeah. let, and if I, even if I didn't, let's edit in race. Let's <laughs> race through. Okay. Uh, starting uh, on Thursday right. night, uh, Richmond are taking on the pies at the MCG. Good game, I think. This, I mean, yeah. obviously, two big, two big draws. If you can get down to the MCG, if you can still get a ticket, this would be a ripper. Yeah, absolutely. Should be a massive crowd. I can see the MCG from my balcony of my hotel room, so I might have a little peek in, uh, you know, from the balcony before my show. But yeah, brilliant game. Don't know. I don't know about this one. Richmond looked good, and I thought Collingwood looked, you know, pretty good against the Bulldogs. I reckon this could be a really close game. But let's just say, I don't reckon losing to Collingwood is Richmondy enough. So I think at yeah. the moment, just on the Richmondy scale, I'm going to say. It'll be more Richmondy to build up everyone's hopes a little bit more, beat Collingwood. You know, I think that's the better story. And plus, you know, that'll mean Collingwood have lost the first two. Suddenly the heat comes on Buckley. I'm going to barrack for the, the story in this game. So I'm going to say Richmond. You, Charlie? Yeah, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Uh, they didn't really beat anyone of note last week. So the bandwagon isn't rolling at full steam. But they beat the Pies. And I don't know who they're playing in round three. But that'll be a Richmondy moment. I reckon they're going to win. And that's my luck of the week. Moving on to the uh, to Etihad Stadium on Friday night, uh, the Western Bulldogs take on the Swans in the grand final rematch. The unfurling of the flag? No, you did that last yep, week. Yeah, we're unfurling. No, no, right. no. We, that was a Collingwood home game last week. We okay. unfurled the flag at Etihad this weekend. Huge unfurling, uh, you know, issues down at the club this week. Obviously, the person who unfurled in 1954 is probably dead. <laughs> so we don't have any kind of current experience of unfurling down at the club. Um, it's one of those issues that no one really thinks about very much is unfurling. So I've heard that it's been a big week of practicing unfurling, getting ready for some unfurling. I reckon this will be a really close game. Sydney will be stung by both the grand final and also I think just starting a bit slow last week. And I'm not sure the Bulldogs are at full strength yet either. But Eddie had flag unfurling, grand final replay. I'm going to say the Western Bulldogs. Dale Morris, big out for you guys. I reckon that's uh, really going to make things tough over the next couple of months for you guys, especially when you're playing teams that have forwards like Lance Franklin. But I don't know, Will. I think it's, you know, your first unfurling. I think the Bulldogs are, uh, I think there's going to be too much riding on this. So I'm going to say the Bulldogs. Moving on to Saturday MCG, Hawthorne takes on Adelaide. Yeah. Oh, the only other thing I was going to say is Rampy, Rampy's out for the Swans. Yeah. So I... I know Dale Morris is a huge out for us, and I was a, dis- a bit disappointed seeing he played in the final series with a broken back, that he can't play now with a broken leg. <laughs> but, all right, Dale, if you want to make your own choices. <laughs> but yeah, I think Rampy's a huge loss for Sydney as well, so I think that evens it out a little bit. So, all right, yeah, uh, Saturday, Hawthorne versus Adelaide at the MCG. Now, this is one of those games. I'm in Melbourne on Saturday, and I'm tempted to go to this. <laughs> like, I'm just, I reckon this would just be. A fantastic game of football. You know, the, the champion Hawks stung after last week 
against the Crows. Let's see how legit the Crows are. Let's see if they can travel to Melbourne, play at the MCG and beat the Hawks. Because if they do, and if they smash them, then I think that the early news is all going to be around Adelaide in this competition. Will Sloan or Tex be back for this game, do you know? Tex will be back, I thought, I would think. If, Sloan, if Sloan's back in, I'll say Adelaide. If not, I'll say Hawthorne. Midfielder's game, I reckon. Well, all right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Adelaide. I'm going to get on the Adelaide bandwagon, and I'm going to say That's... Adelaide at the MCG. Then Saturday, we've got uh, GWS, the GWS Giants, up against the Gold Coast Football Club at Spotless Stadium. They're going to pound them. The, uh, the Giants are going to pound them. They're going to have to. They're at home. Disappointing week last week. A lot of raps. Like, they're going to look to beat up on someone, and I think that Gold Coast... Their little brother, essentially their little expansion club little brother, they're going to put him in a headlock and give him a noogie. They're going to kneel on his chest and give him a typewriter and spit into his open mouth. It's going to be ugly. Yeah, there's going to be a, there's going to be a time where one of the GWS players is holding down a Gold Coast player and farting in their face. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my luck of the week. Luck of the week. <laughs> Um, all right, the Brisbane Lions take on Essendon at the Gabba. Ah, uh, look, you know, I mean, I think everyone felt good about last week, but come on, like Essendon looked the goods. It's a big good chance for them to sort of get some away from Melbourne credentials. I can't see the Lions winning this. I'd love it if they did. I think that would be amazing. I think that would be good for everyone. It would be good for Queensland football, but I think Essendon will kill them. Yeah, I agree. Next. Well, speaking uh, of bloody oh. slaughters. <laughs> Oh, now, Charlie, the West Coast Eagles take on the St Kilda Football Club at Domain Stadium, at Penis Stadium. Uh, when it comes to the Saints, without their best player, Nicky, obviously, <laughs> uh, tough road trip going over to West Coast there. It's hard to beat them over there. Yeah, no um, Armitage as well. He's pulled out with a, uh, he's got a calf complaint, I think. So no Armitage, no revolt. Jesus. I think Armitage has calf awareness, doesn't he? <laughs> Last time we played these guys, they beat us by over 100 points. I think we kicked three goals the entire game. So if we can kick four goals, I reckon we'll be doing all right. I don't know, man. Look, my, my, I really want to back us, and I really want to say we could win this, but I don't know. I mean, if, if they bring that same effort last week, the only thing, what will be a victory for us if we don't win on the scoreboard was to actually see them put in for four quarters because last week was just garbage. Yeah, West Coast for me too. Um, Geelong versus North Melbourne at Etihad Stadium. I'm just going to keep this simple. Geelong? Yeah. I mean, come on. Do I look like an asshole? At some stage, I'm, at some stage I'm going to have to start picking them to lose some games for them to miss the eight. It'll be me every weekend just going, yeah, Geelong. Yeah. Geelong will probably win this too. But they'll still miss the eight. Geelong will probably win this too. But yeah, I reckon Geelong. Uh, Melbourne versus Carlton at the MCG on Sunday. Yeah, it has to be the, it has to be the days, right? In the same way that GWS are going to do some push-ups and then beat the crap out of Gold Coast, I think Melbourne will do the same thing to Carlton. Yeah, absolutely. The only hope here for Carlton is that, you know, you look at that Melbourne team and you look at the gun, young guns that Carlton have and think we could be that team in three, yeah. four years. At some stage of this game, someone from Carlton is going to get an atomic wedgie. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Oh, no, Weedering is down with a, a wedgie. Now, we'll go down on the sidelines. It looks like an atomic wedgie. Is it an atomic wedgie? Yeah, you'll see that the straps are above his shoulders. That is definitely an atomic wedgie. Yeah, wedgie awareness week. So this is a good one. Uh, 
<laughs> and last game of the round, uh, Port Adelaide versus Freo uh, at the Adelaide Oval. Now, this is I think this is big for Adelaide for Port Adelaide because you got to do it two weeks in a row. First round was fantastic, but if they come back second round and don't play with the same intensity and same game style, then you know they'll be the Port Adelaide of old that you just can't trust. But I would have thought that this is a this should be a, a pretty good win for Port Adelaide as well. Yeah, I agree, and I think if um, if they lose in if they lose. Uh, in convincing fashion, then I reckon Ross Lyon might be feeling a little bit of the heat, if you know what I mean. Ah, the proverbial mate, got heat. Like, doesn't, he have, doesn't he have like eight years left on his contract or something? <laughs> yeah. He's fine. He's got, eight he li- he's got eight life sentences. Mate, he probably doesn't even want to coach for that long. He probably signed for the whole thing, and then he's just been running it into the ground, hoping they have to pay him out for three and a half years. <laughs> He and his wife have probably planned a European vacation. He's like, how soon can I get there? I tried to drive our best player out of the club. I kept bloody Zach Dawson on the list. Like, how soon will they sack me? Just pay me out. Do you have anything to promote? Uh, I'm at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and uh, then I'm at the Sydney Opera House on April the 8th. We are doing a live TOEFOP, our podcast, our other podcast. We're doing a live show on Saturday, April the 16th at the, uh, at the Comedy Theatre in Melbourne. No, April it is 15th. On ten... Oh, is it? It's, isn't it April 15th? Uh, uh, yeah, what did you say? Did you say 16th or 15th? Hang on. I did say 16th. But, <laughs> I'll look at the post. Know, now we, now <laughs> we, we should, should look probably... it up, I suppose. Again, but... another one of these things we should have... Uh... Worked out before. We oh came yeah, it might, on. it might be. You know what? It might be the fifteenth. You might be right, actually. Um, hang on, Michael. Well, can you check when to, our show is? <laughs> it's good to see that I got at least one date wrong in this podcast, Charlie. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the fifteenth. You're right. Absolutely. Uh, at Saturday, April the fifteenth at ten forty-five. Um, they, those tickets went on sale to pre-sale yesterday, and a third of. The tickets sold out, um, you know, before they've even officially gone on sale. So if you want to come and see the live TOEFOP, we do have one confirmed guest at this stage, which is uh, Daniel Sloss. All right. said that he will do it, which is exciting. And, uh, of course, John Deeks will be part of that show, and there'll be heaps of other superstar guests from all over the, the festival for that. And then I'm on tour. I'm actually in Perth the weekend that the Bulldogs play West Coast in Perth. So I'll be... My venue where I play in Perth is down the road from the stadium. So I think I'll be doing a show at the exact same time, but I'll be able to hear the roars or the silence. <laughs> Let's hope there'll be more roars of laughter coming from my room than there'll be roars of emotion coming from uh, Domain Stadium. But, uh, so yeah, Darwin and Perth are uh, all still to come. Play on, not 15. Ball. We are two guys, one car. 